0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the fourth episode of the Agency Marketing Q&A. We got David Riggs here with NUMA Media, uh, really cool company, great UX design and, and web design services. I wanted to have him give you a little elevator pitch on what he does so we can kind of dive deep onto how his company is growing and what systems he's using to scale it, so...
1: Yeah, I'll give you a little rundown too. So I'm a, like a superhero person, love superhero movies. First <laughs> one I started with was for Batman. So when I get the elevator pitch, right? Like Batman's got the famous tool belt. Like mm. the way I see our website work and a lot of our work like actually work for companies, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Is that
1: you have your chief revenue officer, you have your director of sales, director of marketing, like our website is a tool in their tool belt. So um, long story short, man, as we talk about like UX, UI, but also some version of SEO and then really just like the web design and converting off of the site, you know, how do we use it for web-attributed revenue and demand gen. Uh, I just like to say like the website is a tool for fast growing companies. Yeah. And the thing is like, it works best when the companies don't need it because then it just is a cherry on top for them. So
0: yeah. everything
1: we're going in designing, writing a copy, and then doing a lot of development is what we do.
0: That's amazing. And part of the reason why I use Loom for these videos is because it's, we. I've noticed agency owners are like uh, Swiss army nice when it comes to the tools that we use and all of the different systems. So I like to just show my screen. So right now I'm actually sharing my screen. They can see you and they can see Jordan. I'm, I'm pulling up your website right now. Um, is there anything you can tell me about like what makes a website effective for sales? I think if that's like your main thing, I'm curious to see what your top points are uh, around it. Yeah.
1: So you you have my website up right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I'll actually just so, share my. I'll share the loop. I'll share the uh, the Google Hangout. Yeah. Well, i you to say
1: I know it well, so I'll even walk you through the hero section, right? So what mm-hmm. you're looking at there. Yeah, we'll pull it up, right? So we got. To, I'm actually changing some stuff because we've been tracking some data. But the first thing that I always talk about. That get a free assessment button yeah. in the top right, man, that's money. That prints money if you know what to do it, right? And it'll load in uh, basically a book of free assessment page. Ooh, Yeah, there it is. So a couple things. To get a free assessment, if you go back up or like even to the hero section, right, mm-hmm. a lot of websites think of themselves as a giant buy now button. So all they want to do is, um, you know, push people to a buy button. And we always do get a free assessment, loop it right to a a Calendly link and go from there. So ironically, it's uh, we started doing this and really like tracking it, um, after we worked with a Mark Cuban company. And one of Mark Cuban's favorite, famous quotes, right, is you got to be easier to do business with than your like competition or competitors. So we make it as easy as possible for someone to actually get on the phone and chat with us. So I like to say, whatever that first step in the sales process is, make it apparent for people to actually book in. Yeah. Um, and just make it easy for people to like engage right? You go to some other sites, they can be convoluted, they're confusing, they're all over the place, right? So uh-huh. that's number one. The number two, you'll see the let's text little chat bot down in the corner. there's yeah. is one that's a hit or miss for a lot of sites, to be honest. For us, it works pretty well. I've seen it installed with sites with like, you know, 10, 20 amount of visitors that we used to get. Yeah. Uh, they don't get a single usage off of it. So it's really based on, you know, audience and different things of that nature. Uh, Chatbots are one, but if you scroll all the way back up, I'm big on uh, like first impressions, right? So, about 70 to 80% of the first impression of your site, whenever, whenever someone comes to it, is going to be like design oriented and design related. So, if you don't have a good design, people are immediately going to make their judgment or impression off of the design lead. So, I like to say design captures that attention and the copy converts that attention. So, one thing you'll see, you know, make your website your best salesperson. We help companies refine find their messaging, hone in their sales process, and grow their pipeline all at the new website. Yeah, At that point, That's I think cool. a lot of other companies, uh, other agencies, or even just websites in general, right, they are a bit too aggressive, and they'll say, like, hey, you know, your sales process is broken. Use us to fix it. And I like to say, we want to be, like, your partner in crime. We don't want to come in and replace and be, like, the annoying boss that just fixes everything all at once and, and tries to do it their way. So a lot of our copy you'll see throughout the site, which is a big sales thing for us, is you know, let's make what you have better. Let's tweak it. Let's go mm-hmm. in there, figure out your processes and systems, and really just improve them or kind of plus one them, so to speak. So, yeah, that's the hero section alone. You also see the nav bar, which is a small thing, but now mm-hmm. go to sites that have 18 different pages that you can visit. Yeah, <laughs> keep, keep it as simple as possible, right? Like, what's the five that people are going to want to click on? So, yeah, that's the, the hero section. A couple of things we're testing. You'll see that photo there right now. We're looking at trading it out you know, we talked about loom, right? We're, we're talking about potentially trading that photo out for just like a Loom video. Um, so doing something of the sort to actually like engage with people, chat with them, and instead of a photo, actually get something a bit more engaging. So if you yeah. go to Beautiful uh, and others, like go to quick page, like okay. it sounds, Dot .io. Quick page .io. <laughs> so they're actually kind of a loom competitor, they're a of ours. Um, That video right there from the founder, Chad, uh, is a great addition to the site. It's one of my favorite parts about that entire site. And you'll see a lot of videos and GIFs or GIFs, whatever you want to call it. Oh, wow. So so I I like the video up top, and he said he's got good results. That's something we'll be trying as well. But that's a a quick little deep dive. Wow,
0: very cool. This is so cool. Yeah, this is definitely a space that's blowing up, like stuff that's like Loom competitors and things like that. But I want to make sure that we – you know, spend some time kind of going through the agency journey. A lot of people that listen to this show are, um, you know, agency owners who might be on the come up and might be trying to figure out how to get to the point where you're at. You just you just came in on this call and said you were doing. Uh, I think I think you, you you just crossed the the the. the you're at a, you're at a one million plus run rate, right? So, um, you know, what what breaking down some of those ways that you are able to get to there uh, for people listening would be instrumental, I think. So what, what what is the the number one reason why you have been able to get to the point where you are as an agency? What's that, if you had to distill it down to just one thing? I know there's probably a lot, but.
1: Yeah, well, there's a ton, as you probably know too, right? So looking at it, I, if, you, if you're listening to this or even us three, right, or us two investing, right, you always talk about building a diverse portfolio. Mm-hmm. One of the things I always preach like younger agency owners trying to grow is build a diverse portfolio of lead gym sources. So don't rely too heavily on one or two, because that one or two is going to disappear. For instance, LinkedIn, right? You know, you could send, I don't even remember what the old limit was. I don't know if there was on connection requests. And I think they're throttling it down to 50 a week now. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody rely too heavily on LinkedIn, they're going to get in a lot of trouble, so to speak, if they're not going to have another Legion channel there. So the biggest thing that I would say, diversify the Legion sources, build one, make one really, really solid, and then go build another. Don't try and build six at once, mm-hmm. slowly and surely get it. But I'm looking in like, Lucas, you said we're both numbers people. I'm looking at our CRM right now. Um, There's like the old Pareto rule, 20, 80, 20 rule, whatever you want to call it, 20% of your inputs are 80% of your outputs. For about 20% of all the lead sources we have, it's going to get about 80% of business. But one of the things hidden in that little example, right, that we haven't tracked it on paper. Mm -hmm. So really the biggest thing that I'd say start with, diversify those lead gen sources, but actually track what's working, double down on what's working, and cut your losers, so to speak.
0: What's the channel that's working best for you?
1: honestly man so i say this you can go get your website designed by thousands of other web design companies in the states and this is where it'll go different they're probably going to do a pretty good job like if the product will probably be okay 80 to 90 percent of it would be similar to what we do the biggest differentiator for us as an agency is customer experience so yeah. i will go whenever we started this right i was going on to g2 was going on to google my business and looking at competitors like what are the commonalities in the bad reviews that keep coming up? We built our agency around improving those. So I, I looked for the weak points, right? And I think all that being said, the channel that works biggest for us right now is referral, and we don't really even ask for referrals. They just yeah. come in. About one out of every three will refer us to a paying client. And that's love just it.
0: love it. Yeah. Hard to, <laughs> be, hard to be, <laughs> be Well, I'll say this, right? Okay, so uh I, I have one more question, and I'll. And by the way, anyone list, listening to this and not on the video, we got Jordan Ross here. Uh, he's systems expert, agency systems expert. Uh, he's you know you've heard him on the previous episodes, but uh, he's here too. I'll let him ask some questions. But I got one more because um, I know we're limited on time. So, like, how do you think about the cost to generate a referral? Because that's always the one thing I'm trying to think through. is like, what is is there a way to systemize or monetize? the actual scalability of referrals? And how do you think about the metrics behind generating more referrals, right? That's what I'm curious about.
1: Yeah, and that's actually, to be honest, I was working on that 20 minutes ago with the call is I was talking with our sales director, like, okay, hey, like we really haven't even asked for referrals. How are we actually gonna like purposely generate them? And we had a few different ideas, but one of the things I'll say is that referrals, will like referrals are the output. So what's the input? Like, what are the things you can track? So like if we were talking about, hey, if we want more referrals, asking is like one input, right? But good client communication is one. Good results are another, right? Like the quantitative side of it, is the ROI there? The qualitative side, are they actually fun to work with? So I'd say like as you think about that, you know, don't get too heavy on the outputs. Don't focus on referrals. Focus on the stuff that will actually drive it. You know, are you communicating with your clients? Are they happy? Are you jumping on a call if they need explanation? Are you giving them some extra stuff outside of the scope to make them excited to work with you? And that's where, like, the cost of it, hard to qualify or quantify, right? But at the end of the day, like, if you are doing your job well, giving good customer experience, uh, the cost of it is just making sure you maintain that customer experience and keep doing it on day-to-day.
0: Love it. Love it. Jordan, you got any, got any thoughts?
2: Yeah, so I actually want to add to that point. So one similarity that, David, as you say that, it reminds me of Zappos a little. So Zappos, in their early days, were... Having really similar conversations around customer experience, realizing that that's going to be their best vehicle for growth, and their founder, I think Tony, Shay, Tony uh, Shay, Tony Shay, yeah, yeah, Tony Shay, he came up with their own internal metric, and it's time connecting with customers. I'm, I'm botching the specific linguistics, but they actually had a customer service representative spend 10 hours on a phone call <laughs> with a customer that resulted in one pair of shoes and they celebrated that customer service representative. They did a press release and it only resulted in one pair of shoes, right? So sometimes, right, David's your point, inputs are really easy to, to quantify, but how could you quantify good customer experience? Sometimes you have to create your own and really do a good job of creating culture around it. So that's what came up for me. Um, what's your two cents on that, David? Yeah, we do. We don't track it, but something similar that we always look at is
1: touches per week. So, Adam, you gotta yeah. touch, right? You gotta communicate with the client three times a week. And I even tell people, right, like, if you have important things to update, like, do the important updates. So, like, if it's a Thursday afternoon and they're updated on everything and there's nothing really to talk about, and like, let's say it's QuickPage, for example, which is a video email app, and go do some research on like, cool product features in the video email app world and shoot them over an article to that, like give them some of that experience. So it's one of those things that I think a lot of people shy away from it, especially if you're big on data, but also like, I mean, how am I actually gonna track it? Why is it worth tracking? Like it's not really gonna lead to anything. So I think a lot of people shy away, whereas that's some of the most important stuff to track. And Zappos was amazing at that. And I think there are plenty of other companies that are great. You think of Amazon, that it's easier to talk to them than it is most other people.
2: I could probably call them and get them the answer quicker than me calling my parents, which tells you something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely. Yeah, and then for context uh, for everyone listening, so Dave and I have actually been—we're we're on month eleven right now, I think, David. <laughs> wow, um, that's I'm awesome! Glad I I was just like, we're we're getting close to a year. <laughs> I, I, I track it. This is month eleven. I, I September it. marks one year for Got us. It. But the. 11 months ago, the the month before David and I started working with each other, he was doing $5,000 a month. So I think a lot of people who are specifically bullish and and optimistic entrepreneurs are like, oh, David can do it, I can do it too. The reality is I've worked with over in the last 12 months, I have had contracts with over 50 individual entrepreneurs and and agencies, right? And the brutal truth is you're you're freaking amazing, right? You are just inherently sick at what you do. You're a great entrepreneur. But you have put a lot of time building the right systems. Which of all the systems, because that's my focus, that's what I, I built. Of all the systems we built over the last 11 months, what has been the most pivotal, like the biggest inflection point that has kind of allowed you to really scale? And it doesn't also have to be a system. It could also be a frame of how you viewed your business and your thinking around it, too. Yeah, I honestly think, I think of two systems. And I guess one of them is a
1: book that I'll push people to, uh, Rocket Fuel is I think one of the most impactful sources. I haven't heard and, that one. I haven't heard that, one. Or whatever, we'll pull that, that up. one. As you think of the like the system, we, we do something called an autopsy. So in our business for client services, right? So we do an autopsy on the sales side yeah. and do an autopsy on uh, the project management fulfillment side. So long story short, every month we sit down with all the entire team, whether it's a fulfillment team or sales team. And we run an autopsy on what happened the month prior. So, if you, you know, if you've never watched a crime show and you don't want to, you don't know what an autopsy is. When somebody dies, they run an autopsy to figure out what was the cause of death. You know, just what happened in general. For us, every time we win a deal and lose a deal, they go into an autopsy review sheet at the end of the month we basically review like, hey, why did we win this deal? What's the qualitative, quantitative? Why did we lose this deal? What's the qualitative and quantitative? We do the same thing for projects as well. And what I'll tell you, honestly, a month is probably a little too long. You could manage if you had a high, you know, a high client business or high volume business. You could do it every other week. For us, a month works. But sitting down with the full team in the same room on a Google Meet like this and pull up, like, hey, I'll even pull up one. Uh, Next Gen Iowa was one that we closed lost in on May fourth. I don't entirely remember who they were. We have notes in their autopsy. Why did we lose them? One of the things that why we lost them, hey. We weren't clear enough for the initial communication with the client and we didn't follow up as we should have. Great, so then from that note that, we find a problem, we build a system and make sure you know we fix it for the future. So I think one of the things that a lot of agency owners will do, at least in my experience, and what I even did before this agency, you, you look forward a lot, right? You very rarely are gonna look back and see, hey, what have we done? What can we learn from it? So yeah. without rambling, long story short, <laughs> favorite favorite like framework, right, is just the autopsy. Like, let's go back. Actually, take an hour a uh, hour a month to review what we've done in the business. Why did we win and why did we lose, and how could we make the successful?
0: Yeah, that's that's so cool. Honestly, I have never thought of doing that, and that's an amazing system. I'm gonna I'm gonna start doing that. That's smart. That's smart.
1: Um, you should I it like the meeting stuff, documented and everything? So I will. We use Airtable. Off topic, but Airtable is nice because you can create the records and everything. So. Yeah, uh, you know, I'll have to connect and give you that because it's been—we it. put that in. It, it really has been like we were already growing, yeah, growing quicker and faster with better CX because of that.
0: So actually, okay, when you're talking uh, again about, uh, I kind of want to go go back to some of the the points about referrals because I've actually noticed the same thing in my business where uh, we close forty percent of the meetings we take from referrals, right? And that's been consistent. Google Ads, it's like twenty percent, right? So you're yeah. literally getting it's nice with Google ads because you you just get that excitement and you feel like you can control it to an extent, uh, referrals sometimes can be hit or miss. But the thing is I've sort of learned now that there are systems you can put in place to get more referrals like you talked about. So how do you see, like I said, I mean, the, the cost of a referral, like do you bake in time to generate that referral? Um, do you bake, I mean, even with the customer success example that you used, right. Or that Jordan used. Um, there's time on the phone costs money. So like extra time on the phone costs money too. Right. Um, how do you think about the costs behind an actual referral though? Like the money spent or the time spent to get one, you know? Yeah.
1: I think, I don't think about the money as much. I think about the time, but what I will say, like the actions that generate a referral are underneath like one of our core values, whatever it takes. So whatever mm-hmm. it takes to make the client happy. To I love that when the projects do whatever. So like, I like to say for our business, don't think about the referrals. Think about whatever it takes to make this client happy and feel like they got the best service in the world. The rest will come. So that is again go back to the autopsy. We looked at project timelines. Mm-hmm. You know, if a lot of our projects are extending. And let's say like this happened February, March. We had about a ten percent increase in project timelines. So we sat down. We're like, okay, why is that? Is it a breakdown in the systems? If so, let's fix it. All of us basically came to the conclusion like, hey, we took longer but we had our best client satisfaction month, like self graded, self reported from client in February and March, the projects were longer. That may not be a bad thing. And ironically, like coming now in July, going into August, more referrals have come from those two months than anything else. So I think one of the things is like the time, if you can loop it in and just get good agency, be a good partner and loop it into what you're already doing, work it into a value. Like in essence, you don't like, I don't worry too much about how much time we're putting into it because the output isn't referrals. It's just whatever it takes. It's can we continue to be that agency that values that?
0: That's awesome. Well, I know that I still have a ton of questions. I'm glad we finally got a chance to meet on this call. Um, but in the sake of time, because we only got a few more minutes, I, I, I do kind of want to end here. Uh, I'm pulling this from actually, uh, something that one of the podcasts I listened to called, uh, Nathan Latka. Uh, I'm actually going to be repurposing something from him. So I want to credit him, uh, in that. But, um, there's a thing he does at the end of every podcast, which he calls it the Famous Five. I only can think of four right now. Um, so I'm just going to call it like top four or something. But four questions I have for you that um, are going to be beneficial to the audience, right? So um, first one, wh- what's your age? Or, or, how, how old are yeah, you? 23. 23. Wow! Yeah, nice. savage. savage, yeah, definitely savage, dude. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> I just shaved the beard.
2: I would have looked twenty-seven. Yeah. <laughs> I was Where gonna say
0: <laughs> Yeah! Wow. Okay, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh,
2: he caught he caught a few years by the trim for sure.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. What's your? Uh, how old is your business?
2: Uh,
1: Jordan, how long did we uh, basically eleven months?
0: Yeah. Wow! So you just started from scratch yeah. eleven months ago.
1: Freelance before, I, I was gonna say basically like we've had the business, the LLC and all that stuff. It wasn't taken seriously as a business until right. eleven months ago. Um yeah, I was a freelancer in college is all it was and how,
0: how long were you a freelancer before?
1: Uh that would be about two two and a half years. Yeah, Got two it. And a half years.
0: Before. Got it. That, you know, that's good to know. I mean a lot of people get discouraged when they hear that they're like, oh shit, it's only a you know, starting from scratch eleven months, but hey, if you had if you had that pre existing, but still either way, super impressive. And if you already anyone listening like you know, it's, 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 it's something that you can, you can still get into at any age or any, any, any time, um, finance. So do you guys have a, uh, like, are you guys, uh, bootstrapped or did you take on any form of debt financing or anything to get this to happen? Fully yeah. bootstrapped. Nice, yeah. nice, nice, nice. And then, um, my last question for you is if you were to put together like a five to eight step checklist, Right get the company to a million dollar run rate, what would you say to the audience? Like what are the five to eight things that they can do in order to get to uh, a $1 million run rate as fast as possible?
1: Yeah. In order may be hard because my brain will work like crazy. I think the first thing though- (laughs) Yeah, just give a shot. guards, right? Think with the end in mind. what's a million dollar agency look like? Write it out. What's the employee chart, like org chart look like? What are your services? What's the numbers that you need to do? And here's the thing, you're gonna write all that out and be wrong on like 99% of it, but by writing it out, you're actually gonna, you're you're gonna be forced to figure it out, right? Put some, put into paper and actually take action, go from clouds to dirt, get your hands dirty and figure it out. So the first thing, you know, plan or attack, what's a million dollar agency look like if today's July 16th, 2021? I can't believe I forgot what year it was. What's it look like July 16th, 2022? Um, That's number one. Number two, uh, I think, I actually, I know I should have done this earlier, Go get, you know, a, a dope team member. Go get somebody that, you know, figure out who you are, who you want to be in the business. Read Rocket Fuel and go get your either visionary or, um, you know, operator. Somebody's going to go in there and actually integrate Integrator, yeah. Thank you. Um, that's number two. I think three to eight, it comes together, right? So all of them I would do kind of as you want to do them, but make sure they get done. Um, three of the most important things I think in a business, especially starting out, marketing, sales, and fulfillment. So your marketing, I usually say comes first because you could have the greatest product in the world. Nobody knows how to buy from you or knows that you exist, you're useless. Market yourself like crazy and figure out like what content works, what doesn't work. We started late on that, if if it means anything. I think we were probably could have done million or at least the million running quicker with marketing first. Sales, figure out what to do when you actually get a lead and don't make it overcomplicated. Sit down and just say, Hey, if a lead comes in, no matter the lead source, how do we handle them and how do we actually communicate with them? And again, like what's the process to actually close them? Uh, and then fulfillment, and once they become a client, there is buyer's remorse. How are we making sure that doesn't happen and continue to drive good CX? I think that's like some of that, I guess one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. Um, I think not a lot of agency owners talk about this, but one of the most important things, how are you collecting your cash? Plan of attack for that early and often, because when I started, it was uh, Venmo, sell, PayPal, check. It, any way that you could pay me, I would take, which it has not sound great. Like you just want to get the money, however works. Uh, we do one thing now and I grab your credit card and I charge you on strike, plain and simple. There so we I go. Think,
0: I wish more yeah. people did that. It's so right. its so much easier to scale your business if you do it so, for So much
1: easier.
0: Yeah. And here's the thing too, right? Like I'm looking at our, I can pull up our accounts receivable. It's a large number.
1: Um, I'll put it that way of like projects that are in retainer or like money that's going to be coming in that we can project, 90 something percent of that's credit card auto pay. There we I sleep better at night knowing that 95% of that's credit card auto pay. And it also gives me some future revenue coming in that I can actually predict and build a business off of. Um, yeah. Last but not least, I think, I think I'll get the seven. Um, don't undervalue networking. I did this early. I wouldn't get on the phone to talk to anybody. I just wanted to build a business. Once I freed up enough time to go actually talk to people, not only was I having more fun, the business had more growth and we had better clients because we were getting our name out. So that's part of your marketing as well. But all to be said, I think the recap, right? Get your one-year battle plan to lay everything out, build your business plan and actually do it well. Um, from there, there's a, a second point that I'm thinking. <laughs> I think I'm going to make it
0: point. less points next time. Maybe like three to five. I think five that days gone. Yeah. I can't that's even remember that.
1: Point. Yeah. Figure out your processes there and then man, from there, figure out your finances how to accept payments because if you want to make money, you got to figure out how to accept money Yes. Uh, and go from there. I think that's my biggest thing.
0: Awesome. So where can, people can just if find people, you on your website, right? That's where people
2: can I, to find you.
1: NumaLLC.co um, and then if you're on LinkedIn, go connect with me, David W. Riggs. Um I someone multiple people are trying to get me active on Twitter. I probably won't, but if you're on Twitter, go find me at D William Riggs. And uh other than that, you all have questions, come All find right. Me and well,
0: David Riggs just hit a million dollar run rate in his business. Uh, super awesome entrepreneur, young entrepreneur. Follow him, uh learn from him and work with him. Thank you guys both for being on the call and uh until next time. This is the marketing squad. Thank you.